Our message today, or our time in the Word, is going to be in Exodus chapter 2. So turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We'll be glad to put one in your hand. Exodus chapter 2. Can't find Exodus? Just start at the beginning of the Bible. Genesis, then comes Exodus. So it's uh, a lot easier to get to than like a minor prophet or something like that. They're really hard to find. But Genesis... I mean, Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 1, just reading verses 1 through 3. A lot of you probably know this story. This has been taught in children's classes a lot, right? There was this guy named Moses. You ever heard of him? But he had a mom. Even Jesus had an earthly mom, didn't he? You think about mothers. He didn't have an earthly father, but he had a earthly mother. But we want to look at the mother of Moses here, starting in verse 1, Exodus chapter 2. And a man of the house of Levi went, took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, a beautiful child, every mother thinks this, right? She hid him three months. When she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him. (laughs) daubed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it, and laid it in reeds by the river's bank. Let's pray again. Father, we ask your spirit now to lead this time in your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we'll get back to this text in just a second, but it's just a real blessing to honor all the mothers today. And we're glad you're here. We're glad you chose to be moms and answered that call. And I hope we leave here today even more grateful for moms. There's a Chinese proverb that states, there is only one pretty child in the world, and every mother has it. (laughs) Moms have this immediate bond of unconditional love, appreciation, and loyalty for their kids. But for kids, and this includes even grown-up kids, Their full appreciation for mom sometimes can take a lot of time. Sometimes too long, but it takes time for us to appreciate what a mom is. One of the things about motherhood is that the older we get, the more we appreciate the role, or at least we certainly should. The selflessness, the wisdom gained over the years, all the sacrifices. Now, the little ones, you know the little tiny ones over there in the modulars? The little ones... They don't quite get it yet, do they? They're not always appreciative of mom. They're not even sure how they got here, right? (laughs) You younger moms, you might soon encounter this lack of understanding, maybe a discussion like this. Uh, For several weeks, there was a six-year-old boy, and he kept telling his first-grade teacher about the baby brother or sister that was expected at his house. And one day, the mother allowed the boy to feel the movements, you know, put the hand on the the belly thing, allowed to feel the movements of the unborn child. The six-year-old was obviously impressed, but made no comment. Furthermore, he completely stopped telling his teacher about this impending event. The teacher finally sat the boy down one day and said, Tommy, whatever became of that baby brother or sister that you were expecting at home? Tommy immediately burst into tears. I think mommy ate it. (laughs) 
See, the young ones don't always get it, right? How does all this work? Now, speaking of eating, preparing meals is one of the most universal gifts that mothers provide, right? You like mom's cooking? Often appreciated, and yet I would say it's often taken for granted as well, isn't it? I don't like that, right? <laughs> you ever hear that? But the impact of mom's cooking and meals, it does stay with us. You remember certain meals. You remember things about dinner. You remember Thanksgiving meals, all these things. One Sunday school teacher said, tell me, Johnny, do you say your prayers before eating? Johnny said, no, ma'am, I don't have to. My mom's a good cook. <laughs> Author Calvin Trillin, he said, the most remarkable thing about my mother is that for 30 years she served the family nothing but leftovers. The original meal has never been found. <laughs> Some of you are from the old school. You, you came from the era where moms laid down the law, right? I mean, from that old school time, not like today's helicopter bombs and all this stuff. You came from a different era, right? Uh, the comedian Buddy Hackett, he said, my mother's menu consisted of two choices, take it or leave it. <laughs> right? You remember those words? God designed moms to be tender as a flower, but yet strong as a rock. We see this throughout scriptures. And this mother we just read about, Jochebed, the mother of Moses, even beyond her son, she played a big role in the saving of Israel as a nation. And if you know the Lord, you're going to meet her someday. Isn't that great to know? Everyone you read about in the Bible, if you know Jesus, you're someday going to meet him. You say, I wonder how they did this, or I wonder how this went. You'll meet him. You'll get a chance to see for yourself. You've heard it said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. But that's not God's goal, is it? That belongs to his son. He doesn't need you to rule the world. Amen. He has someone to rule the world. But the mother's hand of faith, holding God's hand, then taking her child's hand on the other side, well, that'll touch the world in a way that reflects the goodness of God, the mercy of God. A Jochebed, by the way, she'd no doubt be in the Mom Hall of Fame. Wouldn't you think? Moses' mom. If there's a Mom Hall of Fame, she's got to be in it. And by the way, she is in the list of faithful saints in Hebrews chapter 11. You'll actually see her listed in there, along with Amram, uh, her husband. But we're all here today because we had a mother that was from the outset patient and willing enough to go through a long list of discomforts to bring us into the world. Man, I don't think we understand this. Just, uh, just one characteristic of patience. This is just, just the going through bringing a child in this world is just one characteristic of the patience and the reflection uh, of the nature of God. Mothers, in so many respects, let me put this up so you know what we're talking about here this morning. Mothers, in so many respects, are a beautiful reflection of God. In ways not always seen in men and fathers, and in some ways not seen at all in men, being very unique to women. We know from Scripture that God is a father 
to the fatherless, right? But what about the motherless? What about that? What dad or man can replace the nature or attributes of a mother? Well, fully they can't. In a, in a, in a full sense, they can't. Nor were they inclined to be. But to an extent they can in pointing to the complete nature of God. Everything goes back to the complete nature of God. What do I mean by that? Well, the beauty and design of maternal care comes from God. The beauty and design of maternal care, it comes from God. Our God and Father has a maternal aspect to his nature. A maternal aspect. Understand that the names of God, the names of the triunity of God, meaning God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all of God's personal references to himself are always, 100% of the time, in the masculine. Every single time in the Bible. I mean, as he refers to himself in his names. The whole of Scripture is patriarchal. God is never once, not, a, not one time in the Bible is God referred to as God the Mother. Even Jesus, only and always, when he prayed, he prayed to him, Father, every time. And he instructed us to do the same. But God is also spirit, and we're made in his image. We're a reflection, not a duplication. We're a reflection. The moon, dupli re the moon reflects the sun, but is in no means the same as the sun. It's not even a duplicate of it. It's not even fire like the sun is, right? But it reflects it. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created him male and female. He created them. I know that that's a whole other theological discussion, how all that works. But we see in the paternal nature of God, right? God is a parent. Man and woman, men and woman together, man and woman together, best reflect the fullness of God. Man and woman together best reflect the paternal nature of God, the spiritual nature of God as a parent. So moms, you have a picture to, to portray. First, in the way God made you. And secondly, and more importantly, in submission to the Spirit of God. So your, your design is one thing, but then you have to submit that design to God. Amen? And that's the second most important thing. We want to look at just two things this morning. Two things that we see here in the life of Jochebed and what I believe that she reflects well for all moms. You know, if you're looking for examples in the Scripture, she's a great one to follow. The first thing I want to look at is what we see in her life, what God designs for all moms, is reflecting life. Remember the General Electric, they used to, GE used to have this saying, we bring good things to life. Remember that? Yeah. Well, God doesn't just bring good things to life. Flowers, fruit, vegetables, coffee beans, what a gift that is, right? <laughs> but he's the giver and sustainer and redeemer of life. He didn't just bring things to life. God is life. He is life. He doesn't, Jesus said, I am the life, yeah. right? We understand that conception, which is mentioned in verse 2, it said the woman conceived. We understand that conception mentioned in verse 2 involves 
both male and female, but the bringing of life into the world is God-ordained for mothers. A lot of you guys are saying, whew, I'm glad that is, right? You know, it's God-ordained for mothers. In Psalm 128.3, it says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. A fruitful vine, it gives forth new life. We recognize that due to a fallen world, some people can't have children. Some women would love to bring a new life in the world, but can't. But I'll say this. That doesn't mean that a mother's unique calling and spirit isn't still present. The life and nature of God is reflected in both birth and adopting mothers. Both. Even if you couldn't give birth biologically, I believe God still put the maternal care there. We don't know much about Pharaoh's daughter. I don't have time to read the rest of the text, but you kind of know what takes place after this, right? Pharaoh's daughter walks up on the scene. She sees, hey, it's a Hebrew child. She has compassion. It says, right, if you look down at, uh, at, at verse um, 6, Pharaoh's daughter had walked up, verse 5. She sees uh, you know, baby Moses floating in this little ark. She sees the child, and the baby wept. She had compassion. It says this is one of the Hebrews' ch children. She has compassion here. We don't know much about Pharaoh's daughter. She ends up being Moses' stepmother. There's some legends about her, but none of those are verified. We don't know much about her. Whether she already had children or would ever have children of her own, but when she saw little Moses cry, the maternal instinct kicked in, didn't it? It kicked in. It was there. Her own father, who was the most powerful man on earth at the time, her own father had commanded death to every single Hebrew baby boy. Everyone should die. But she had compassion. She chose compassion. She chose life, didn't she? Rather than death. From the very beginning, mothers would always be reminders of a life-giving God. Again, not givers of life. Moms don't give life, right? But God passes life through them, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. Not givers of life. Souls come from God. Remember, you're a, you're a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. Souls come from God. But reflections of new life happen in the role of mother. They're reflections of life-giving, birth-giving, new life. Adam and Eve were told to be fruitful and to multiply. But it was Eve, not Adam, and every mother after that would bring life into the world. This was God's perfect and unique design, no matter what the world craziness happens and all society tries to redefine everything. This was God's design, and it's perfect. Amen? Amen. Dads, men, we're simply not designed for this role, and I'm sure you're pretty okay with that, right? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> There's something for you men here today, too. There you go. Uh, God's, God specially designed mothers to be able to give birth to new life. Hence, we all celebrate birthdays. We celebrate birthdays because it's the beginning of a life. 
But also, God gave mothers physiologically the means to sustain life. Not sovereignly, not sovereignly like the Lord, but as a picture. And this picture is so important to God. This picture of birth is so important to God. Guess what Jesus defines salvation as? Being born again. Birth means so much to God that someone being born, Jesus said, I could pick anything in the universe, but guess what I'm going to call it? Born again. No one had ever heard that term until Jesus said it to Nicodemus. Nicodemus like, what in the world is he talking about, right? John 3, uh, John 3 verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. goes on in verse 5, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Yes, you come out of the birth sack, out of water, but you've got to be born of spirit. Jesus said the first birth is a picture of the second. And God has chosen mothers to paint that picture millions of times every year on planet Earth. Moms are the starting point for a new life, but Jesus is the starting point for eternal life. Mom's the starting point for a new life, but Jesus is the starting point for eternal life, and he is the starting point for a spiritual birth. Mom, you have a, you have a built-in lesson plan for your little ones. When they're asking about why I was born, you get to take them from the biological to the spiritual, from here's how you came in the world, not all the details, and all, uh, right? <laughs> To John chapter 3, right? You have a built-in lesson plan because Jesus made it real clear. He goes, this is, this is a picture. This is a mirror image. This reflects the eternal. God wants you to be born of the Spirit. And he wants moms to reflect this. Now, we know that God, through the person of Christ, as I mentioned, he doesn't just give life. He also sustains life. If you're alive right now, it's only by the grace of God. Not because you've done enough, you've been good enough, that you eat better than everybody else. Not any of that stuff. It's by the grace of God. Not that those things are wrong, not that those things aren't helpful, but even just this week I saw a tragic, tragic, tragic story. 24-year-old mom riding up I-95. Hits an alligator. I know exactly where this is. I've driven I-95 more times than I can count. Hits an alligator crossing I-95. 24-year-old mom from Florida. Loses control, hits a tree, and her two kids under the age of four die instantly an inferno. When I see stories like that, and that, that's a mother, and I, my heart broke because here's a mom, two kids, doesn't make it to the age of 25. The kids don't make it to the age of five, two of them. We live in a sin-fallen world, right? We live in a sin-fallen world. But you and I being alive is but by the grace of God. You didn't do anything special, and that's why God says, look, you better redeem the time now while you have it. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Instill it in your kids that, hey, God gives life, but he also sustains life. So teach us to number our days. But we see this picture of Jesus sustaining life because we're to abide in him. Like, you know, when a branch is abiding, right, it can bear fruit. That's how the, the water goes up through the branches. We see this picture in moms as well. Inside the womb, 
the baby is totally dependent on the mother, isn't it? Totally dependent on the mom for nutrient-rich and oxygenated blood to pass through this complex process. I went and even read more about it to kind of see, I can understand a little more. And in fact, that uh, the blood goes into the placenta, but the two blood systems don't actually mix. But the nutrients pass through. It's kind of like this complex computer system, you know? It's pretty cool how God did this, right? If you think that that evolved, uh, well, it couldn't fail once for us to get here, right? There was never a time where you could, hey, let's... Maybe this works, maybe this doesn't work. If it doesn't work, we're, none of us are here. But even after birth, not just inside the womb, but even after birth, mothers are uniquely designed to sustain life. Ends up that, uh, you know, Moses' mom, Jochebed, she ends up getting hired and paid good money to nurse her own son. That's a great deal, isn't it? <laughs> you moms wish you were getting paid for this a lot of times, don't you? <laughs> I, I get paid to put Gerber in their mouth? No. You don't. Uh, you get two hours sleep for that, right? That's, what you, that's your payment, right? But she got paid for this, although, you know, we don't have time to get into it. She also uh, didn't get to raise him the whole rest of his life. You always know what life God's called us to. But she was sustaining his life even after because mothers are given even biologically, the ability, in verse, take the child away and nurse him for me, there is God's given the design of moms to sustain life in the womb and outside the womb. Isn't that amazing? God does all this. And God uses maternal imagery. Uh, God, again, never refers to himself, any of his names as female, but he does refer to the maternal characteristics of the father, and we see that in different places of Scripture. God uses maternal imagery in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 3. It says, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of Israel, who have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb. That God saying, Even Israel, you were birthed. I've upheld you from the womb. That God himself says, I have this maternal care for you. And so moms are to reflect life. But the other things that they're to reflect, and I see this in Jochebed, is the reflection of love, reflecting love. What would life be without love? Jesus is both, right? A life without love? Well, if you don't have the love of God in you, you don't have eternal life. Amen? They go hand in hand. A life worth living is a life worth loving. And Jochebed really demonstrated both in the life of her son Moses. Uh, we want to just look at um, four things real quickly here that I see uh, in her life, and I, there's many more, but we only have time to cover, cover uh, a few. And I think, you know, moms, you would relate to each of these. Four things that really encapsulate what love looks like. The first is sacrifice, sacrificial. It says in verse 2, she bore a son. The Hebrew word here is to beget, Travail. That's a fun word, right? To bring forth. There's effort. It actually means the word labor. Labor. Labor takes some energy out of you, doesn't it? I already mentioned the patience of waiting for babies to be born. Jesus compares our waiting for him to return as the endurance required and pregnancy and birth. You know, Jesus uses birth again to mention his return. 
refers back to this birth process, doesn't he? On more than one occasion, not just salvation, but also he said the world will have birth pains as he's coming back. He refers back to this. We're to sacrifice until he returns. But in other words, to beget, to labor, moms patiently endure a whole lot just to get to the birth itself. Back pain, weight gain, swelling, hormones, nausea, loss of sleep, new ways of walking, <laughs> food loathings and food cravings. It's a wonder why anyone would want to do this, right? <laughs> the world population should just end soon, right? And that's not even the delivery day. Scaring some people who never had kids, right? Before, before we ever had our first, uh, we went to one of these get ready classes, right? We only did this one time, right? But the first time we thought we Lamas and all this stuff and all this breathing stuff. And you, you go to these classes and, and you learn and you get these books. And my wife had a little stack of these new mom books. We hadn't had Ireland yet. And uh, one compared the intense labor pains to diarrhea abdominal pain. It, it was in the list. It said, you know, it was trying to describe the pain you're going to have. And, uh, and I told her, I said, I know how you felt. I've had that before, right? I've had that. But um, for years I would joke with her about labor pains in that way. Um, I would say food poison, stomach bugs, those things, right? Right? They're, they're like the same. She would just roll her eyes. I don't recommend Dad use this as an analogy. <laughs> don't take my bad example. But, uh, but it was funny because it was in the book that way. And so I just said, uh, but God has by design placed a sacrificial love in the heart of mothers. He's placed a sacrificial love there. Even Pharaoh's daughter had it, right? Compassion for the Hebrew. She was willing to risk the wrath of her father. But the compassion was there, that sacrifice. In Proverbs 31, 15, which is a picture both of the virtuous woman, but also a picture of the church, if you look at it from that perspective. It says in Proverbs 31, 15, she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. There's those meals that are many times forgotten, rises in the night. Moms rise in the night for a lot of reasons, don't they? Sudafed, right? I had a nightmare. Dads turn over and fall back to sleep. You were up last night? When was that? You know, that kind of thing, right? When did that happen? It's happened four nights in a row, actually. You know, for... <laughs> Moms rise so often in the night to provide things for their children. Uh, they can't even keep count over the years. The sacrifice uh, of love is a lifetime, isn't it? Then there's patient. Patient. 1 Corinthians 13, you know the love chapter. Love suffers long. It's kind. Love does not envy. Even if the Egyptians have it made in the shade, Jochebed didn't envy them, did she? Never see a complaint. She didn't envy. Well, they have this. Why, do they, why is their lot in life better than my lot in life? 
By the way, she had more than just mom patients. She had a Christ walk patients, didn't she? Does not seek its own. Most moms are willing to say, all right, I was going to eat this, but you can have it, right? <laughs> Especially with the little ones. And then they take three sloppy bites of it and don't, then they throw it on the ground or something like that. Why did I do that? You know. Rejoices in truth. Jochebed had to realize that God is in control. She rejoiced that God, the truth is, here's the truth, God is in control. The truth is, God is in control. The truth is, God could prevent or allow anything, but if he allows it in your life, and I know some things we don't like, he's still in control. Jochebed came to realize that. It's a walk of patience. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Endurance takes a lifetime of learning, doesn't it? Endurance. Sometimes you need it for a day. Sometimes you need it for five minutes. Sometimes you need it for an hour. Sometimes you need it for the whole week. Sometimes you need it for a month. And just when you think you're going to get a break, you don't. And God says you're going to learn endurance. You think these three months of trying to hide the baby was easy? Can you imagine? Try to hide a child. Try to hide a child for five minutes. <laughs> I don't know how some of y'all do it. Hide it for three months? But love waits, doesn't it? It waits for God. It waits on God. This waiting is for our growth. We don't love waiting, but it's for our growth. Waiting, learning, growing. It benefits us, but guess what? It benefits those who depend on us. As we learn to wait, we teach them how to wait. And kids don't like to wait either for anything, right? We have to learn from God, our Father, so we can teach them how to wait, how to endure. Moms and dads, too. Obviously, this is Mother's Day message, but dads, we're included in the spiritual teaching of all of this. If you really love your Lord and your Savior, if you really love your kids, if you really love God and you really love your kids, you will not run ahead of God. Really love God and your kids, you will not run ahead of God. She waited. Jochebed waited. She waited for God to give her, what do I do next? It's been three months. God puts it in her heart. What to do next? Don't make plans. Don't just make plans. Anybody can make plans. You can make good ones, you can make bad ones, but it doesn't mean they're divine ones. Anybody can make plans. And men, we like to fix anything. Mom comes, by the way, if mom sometimes says she has an issue, it doesn't mean she necessarily wants you to fix it, necessarily. Could be just a sounding board type thing, right? But anyone can make plans. Anyone can try and fix things. But don't make plans through prayer and patience. Receive your plans from God. Receive those plans from God. Say, Lord, I, I, I'm, the older I get, I'm learning more and more to pray about even the smallest of things. Because I've realized that even the small things I do end up impacting everything else. And so, both moms and dad, if you're not praying through things, you're just kind of living life according to your own understanding. And the scriptures tell us, lean not to your own understanding. But in some of your ways, all thy ways acknowledge him. And then he shall direct thy path. He'll come up with a plan. There are many things we can make happen. But you don't want to make it happen. You want to receive from God the direction. And so God can place in her heart, 
All right, Jochebed, here's the plan. Make a little ark. What? A little ark? Yes, it's going to be just like Noah's ark, but small. In a sense, because it was used tar and pitch, the, same, the names are the same, all this stuff. It's going to be like a life-saving little cocoon, if you will. God gives it just the right time. You, you know, it had to be exactly the right time because God knows you've got to get in the water at this time because Pharaoh's daughter, there's a point of intersection coming, and your timing, or God's timing, all, but what you make and what I'm having her walk down the riverbed has to match up. Now, move forward. Psalm 40, verse 1 said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. God hears your prayer. So, well, where's the plan? I'm not hearing it yet. It's coming. It's already on the way. Daniel had prayed, and he thought God had forgotten him, but it actually turns out the prayer was, uh, the answer to the prayer was coming, but there was this spiritual battle in the heavens that he was unaware of until the answer got there. We've got to wait those things out. You, you know there was a spiritual battle over the light. Did you know that, you know that Satan battled for even the body of Moses after his death? You know there was a battle at the beginning before he was raised up. He could already see God's hand and call. There's a battle for your kids, and if you don't wait for God, Satan will take the occasion of us be, being presumptuous or getting ahead or coming up with, this is a great plan. They need to go to college here, do this, do that, do that. God says, that's none of my plan. That's your plan. It's not always God's plan. What about courage? Being courageous. Jochebed, courageous woman. In the face of Pharaoh, now she could be executed for hiding this baby, by the way. And it may not be a pretty way to go. But she had courage, didn't she? Genuine love produces courage. Did you know that? Genuine love produces courage. 1 John 4.18, but perfect love casts out fear. The more you get filled with Jesus, the more courageous you'll become. The more we get filled with the Lord, the more courageous we become. Courageous people fight spiritual battles. I'm not impressed with all the things that I see people do athletically or TV or world's strongest man. That stuff is just but a vapor, right? God showed us with Samson. He had all the strength in the world, but he couldn't say no to sin, right? Perfect love casts out fear, but it also gives us courage. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Jochebed needed courage to do this. I'm sure these days Amram had his, he couldn't even probably help at times. I mean, they were servants to the Egyptians. He had to be at the job site probably like 5 a.m. How am I going to help? I don't know. God's going to show you. Sometimes we have to all, both moms and dads have to pray at the same time and say, I don't know how this is going to work. But God will give us courage, Right? Joshua 1.7. By the way, 2 Timothy 1.7, Joshua 1.7. If you remember the 1.7, 2 Timothy 1.7, Joshua 1.7. Only be strong and very courageous. Do not turn to the right hand or the left hand. Once God shows you the direction to go, go there. Make the ark. Lay it in the water. What if a crocodile gets it? If God told you to do it, you can trust it. Amen? Amen. 
Three times in the Bible, um, a mother bear and her cubs are mentioned. Three times in the Bible that, that analogy is given. You know, when once moms get enough courage, they become like that mama bear, right? Get that courage in you, willing to fight for something. Remember Nehemiah said in chapter 4, fight for your sons and daughters, right? But where does that courage come from? It comes from a, the seed of love God gives us, love, and then we're courageous. We, we're courageous in the face of the world says, this is how you do it. And you say, no, no, I'm not going to be pressured by the world to do it their way. I'm going to be courageous and stand on what Jesus has already told us to do. Many, uh, many people, they're not focused on being courageous for God. They want their reputation. They want respect of other people. They want accomplishments. But God wants us to have a love for souls, starting with the souls of your kids. If your most important thing is, well, I want them to have achievements. I want them to be known for this, that, and the other. None of that will matter in eternity, will it? And God says, no, no, have a love for their souls, and then you'll have the courage to stand in a very fallen world. If you think that things are crazy right now, wait till you see this place in about 30 years. You're going to need more courage than you have today, more than likely, unless there's a great awakening. We pray for that. I, I do pray for that. But, you know, imagine if you were in, you think that things are tough here. Imagine being Jochebed. There's literally a death sentence on her if she's found out. You, you don't have to take that kind of stand for Jesus yet. Amen? We don't take that kind of stand yet, but we do need to say, no, no, we're going to do it God's way. This is love brings us courage. Many parents, instead of a courageous faith, have an apathetic faith. They have a lack of love, and this is why. They have a lack of love for God, therefore they have a lack of love for souls. They even have a lack of love for the souls of their own kids, but she didn't have that lack. She's like, I don't care what happens to me. Moses has to live. Isn't that great? Moses has to live. She didn't even know the full meaning of that statement, right? If she didn't realize, oh, by the way, your son, his name's going to be written a lot in the Bible. He's going to be used to free the nation. The deeper a mother's love for God is, the deeper her love for her kids' souls will be. The deeper a mother's love for God is, the deeper the love for her kids' souls will be. And then the greater the courage. The greater the courage. Because wherever you have obedience to God, you get challenged by Satan. You get challenged. If you want to obey God and love your kids, he, he wants to kill Moses. But he also wants to take your kids too. And your grandkids. And your great-grandkids. And he's not, by the way, the enemy is not like us. Satan has, his time is limited, but he's a spirit being. He doesn't get tired. He's nonstop. You need the courage of the Lord that flows from the love of the Lord. And the last thing, looking at this morning, again, another, just characteristics, I think, in Jochebed that are reflective of the Spirit of God, but also instructive for all mothers, is genuine. Genuine. I've said it a lot of times, I didn't coin it. I love Pastor Joseph. You can't fake authentic. God wants us to be real lights and witnesses. Moms, that you're not perfect. 
You don't, have to tr- you don't have to even try and pretend to be perfect anymore. Isn't that great? But you can say, I am just, I am what I am by grace. By grace. I know she was afraid at times. I know that she had uh, her own doubts and fears. I know that she hurt, that she, at the age of Moses being done weaned, she had to give him completely over to Pharaoh's daughter. That had to hurt, didn't it? That's got to that's sting pretty deep. Now, she had the other kids, but still, didn't have Moses. But, you know, we're real, and we need the real help of the Holy Spirit, don't we? There's too many adjectives and spiritual characteristics uh, to kind of look at in her life, though, that, that are just genuine. Again, not perfect. Jesus doesn't say, well done, perfect servant. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You're going to be judged someday on your faithfulness, not your perfection. You're judged by the blood of Jesus, or or commended by the blood of Jesus, not judged, but commended by the blood of Jesus for our faithfulness, not our perfection. But if we look at her life, I think you can see a lot of characteristics just in these few verses, and I didn't have time to dig into them, but uh, hopefully you've heard the story enough and you can look back and see for yourself. I think faith is genuine in her life. Faith. I think yieldedness, yielded to the will of God. No matter what Pharaoh says, she's yielded to the one who rules all rulers. Humility. It's a humbling thing to give your kid away. To know that that's God says, that's, this is my plan. He, you know, Moses had to be, by God's providence, he had to be trained in the household of Pharaoh. And all the wisdom, and you know, later in the New Testament tells us that he was trained in all the wisdom of the ways of Egypt. And when he went back into Pharaoh, he could speak the Egyptian language. He could talk in those terms. It was all part of his planning. He didn't know. But it's a humbling thing to say, Lord, I have to... Remember Hannah? She was willing to give up her own son, Samuel, right? But there's a humility there to say, Lord, thy will be done. Not my will, thy will be done. She didn't fight against the will of God. She humbled herself to the will of God. Humility. Diligence, diligence, hiding the baby, nursing the baby, making the ark for the baby, all diligence, hard work, difficult thing. Her love was for God, her love was for her son, but her love was really for the will of God, the will of God and the life of God in her, but also passed through her son. Here's the great thing. Jacob and Moses are in heaven today together. For all eternity, so many parents are going to sacrifice their kids on the altar of the American dream. And they're going to be able to say, well, but my kid graduated number one in their class in Harvard. Impressive? Only if you spend eternity with them. And even then, God's not impressed. But she had eternity in mind. And so the genuineness of her faith purified the way she thought. 1 Peter 1, 7, that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold. God wants you moms to have a genuine faith, more precious than gold. You don't need everybody else's approval. You need God's approval. Amen? Amen. If you get God's approval, you'll probably get, as Proverbs says, your children will rise up and call you blessed, and your husband also. That'll all come with the package deal, if you will. 
I have no doubt that Moses was impacted for life by the early example of his mother. Do you believe me with that? That Moses was impacted for life. Even as a child, I believe that she instilled things that he would take into the household of Pharaoh. He never forgot where he came from because I believe his mother planted it there just like Timothy's mother's, uh, mother and grandmother did. She had a genuine, tender love, the kind demonstrated by Christ in his paternal as well as maternal care for Israel. Remember, Jesus had this kind of tender love. He said in Matthew 23, 37, how often I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. And Jesus was not a female. But he said he had that maternal care. He wanted to gather Israel like a mother hen. And I believe that you know, we see this display in the genuine walk of Jochebed's life. Moms, God has designed you for a special reflection of his maternal character. Embrace it. Don't let society redefine it for you. Ask for the help of the Holy Spirit in it. Allow the Lord to make you an example in the life of Christ, in the love of Christ, and in your children and your grandchildren. Amen? I have one final thing. So I woke up this morning. I had no plans of writing a poem, but I woke up and one was in my head. <laughs> I kid you not, I wrote it in pencil because that's all that was near my nightstand. I wrote it in pencil, and it's on this ripped-up piece, this, uh, anyway, some kind of paper. I don't know what it... Oh, it's actually on a project planning notes, so it's not even... No, but it's project planning notes, action notes. So I woke up, and this was in my head, so I, I just started writing. So here's what it is. Here's what I, I got kind of dropped into me. So hopefully I can read my own writing. My handwriting is worse than any doctors you've ever seen. Um, theirs looks like advanced calligraphy compared to my handwriting. Uh, sorry if you're in the medical profession. Your doctors, it's only Dr. Russ that I know of. And he allows me to offend him, so um, I'm kidding. Moms are endowed by heaven above with a patient endurance that comes out as love. Willingly taking the role as a mother means living a life that's all about others. Much of her work will be taken for granted, but she knows, God's, she knows God will water every seed that is planted. Never rewarded with great fortune or wealth, the goal is her children's spiritual health. Help them know and serve Jesus as her heart's constant beat, knowing everything else will become obsolete. Don't think for a moment there's not opposition. The enemy hates this God-given position. But down through the ages and still here today, God will help mothers walk in victory each day. The job isn't easy, the hours are long, yet the grace of the Lord helps a mother stay strong. Just don't forget God gave you your mother. To honor and bless her is a joy like no other. So pray for your mom and thank her today for reflecting the Lord in so many ways. That's it. Had no notion of writing that. Woke up this morning. It was just there, and I thought, all right, give me a pencil. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning that you are both the perfect illustration 
of a father and the maternal characteristics of a mother. And Lord, it's our prayer that as you instilled in the heart of Jacob that we have eternity in our hearts, that you've only loaned us these kids to point them to you. They're not even really ours. They belong to you. And Lord, I pray that each mother here is blessed and refreshed in the role, but also confident in the fact that you've entrusted them as stewards with their children or grandchildren. Lord, just make their prayers even more effective, their life more centered on you. And Lord, that you would use their life and their kids' lives to touch many lives. Lord, forgive us if we've allowed things to get in the way of your designed role for each of us, Lord, as a believer, as a brother and sister in Christ, as a father, as a mother, as a grandparent, Lord, we want to walk in the ways of your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And your blessing upon each and every one of these mothers, Lord, may the remainder of this year, they just grow even more. No matter how much they've grown in the past, they grow even more in this role. For your glory and your honor and the salvation of others, in your name we pray. Amen.